You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. This morning, we're going to be reading uh, select passages from Romans 3, 21 through 26, and then chapter 4, 25. But now, God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. This is the word of God for the people of God. So before you this morning, there's a a door, and actually there's two doors in the room, and so I just invite you to uh, pay attention to the door that uh, is most immediately in front of you. What is the door? The door is the door of faith. It is faith in Jesus Christ. And where does the door lead? Like many doors, it leads into a house. Not just any house, but it leads into the house of God. Well, what's the house of God? Is it a place? It's an actual place. It's not limited in any physical realm. But it is indeed a place. It is a place of acceptance. It is a place place of freedom. It's a place of authenticity. It's a place where people can be real. It's a place where people can find themselves, their true selves. It's, It's a place of true community. It's a place of family. It's a place of love. It's a place of warmth. It's home. It's home. And God has invited every one of us to come through the door of faith 
and enter into his house. Now, in God's house, there are rules. Are there rules in your house? Yes. <laughs> Probably needs to be some rules. God has two rules, two house rules. Love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And love each other as you love yourself. These are the only rules. You follow these rules and you can do whatever you want. But there's no diminishing. There's no watering down. There's no excuses. There's no lowering of the standard for not following the rules. Now, it's not that we are perfect. Those of us who live in the house of God, with God, it's not that we don't mess up. It's just that when we do... We don't get to make up new rules. And it's not that God kicks us out of the house when we break the rules. It's just that the rules shape not just our behavior, but our attitudes. And not just our attitudes, but who we are truly are and as we live in God's house obviously in family there's got to be truth telling there's got to be honesty there's got to be confession there's got to be a whole lot of forgiveness but it's worth it this living in God's house because it's home and it's family. Some of us that come from family of origins where truth-telling was not known or where it was not a safe place or where trust was violated, it's hard for us to really believe. It's really hard for us to consider ourselves worthy it's really easy for us not to enter God's house or to leave it for everyone has sinned we've all fallen short of the glory of God and we mess up and sometimes we don't fess up. And sometimes we get a little defiant because sin is this idea that we miss the mark. None of us hit the bullseye every time. Most of the time we don't. Sometimes I can't even hit the target board. But sin is more than just missing the mark, it's defiance, it's an attitude. It's this idea that I'm not going to follow God's ways. I'm going to walk in my ways. Sin has a way of 
being fun for a while. It can be very self-satisfying, self-gratifying. I can use people to my pleasure. I can just use. And I can get puffed up. I can get prideful. I can get mighty full of myself. On the other hand, I can, uh, I can feel a lot of shame. I can feel very dirty inside. And I can build up a facade that pretends. But it doesn't take care of the emptiness inside. It doesn't fix me. I look pretty good on the outside. But on the inside, I'm broken. I just don't want you to know it. Because if you really knew my thoughts and who I am and some of what I've done, you wouldn't accept me. You wouldn't love me. And what's more, I'm convinced that God wouldn't love me. God wouldn't accept me. God does not want me. And so I can get rather set in my ways. I can, I can get bitter and resentful. And especially when bad things happen to me, I can blame it on God. And I'm immediately convinced that God is punishing me. Even for things that I have brought on myself. And so, uh, I begin to get hardened in my spirit. And I get farther and farther away from God. I don't need God. I don't need other people. I can be who I am. I can do what I want. I'm free. But I'm not really free. Because in the reality, I'm very empty inside. The truth of the matter is, sinning is fun for a while. Doing your own thing, living your own life, it's fun for a while. But it just doesn't, doesn't really satisfy doesn't really fill me up. And what's more is, even though I've gotten a long way from God, I hear rumors. I hear rumors that the goodness of God is still alive in the world. And I hear stories from some of you about how God has touched your life. And so I, I have my moments when I come to myself. 
You ever come to yourself? What does it mean to come to yourself? So Jesus told a story about a son that left his father's house. You may have heard this story. And he took his money that the father was willing to give him. And he left the father's house and he did his own thing and he had fun and he just did fine for a while, a long way from God until his money ran out. And then his friends ran out. And he got to the end of his rope and his options were running out. And he came to himself. Repentance is the porch. Repentance is hitting the pause button. Repentance is stopping and reflecting on my life. Repentance is taking some inventory. And the son came to himself and he said, Wow, my father, my family, my home, I left it. He says, I, he begins to write a speech and he says, I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to come back and I'm going to beg my father just to let me back into the family. I'll work like a slave. Now, the father must have been looking out the window or something. He must have not just been looking out the window. He must have been out on the front porch. Because in the Jesus told, the father could see the son when he was a long way off coming home. And when the father saw his son, he ran to him. And as the son began to give his speech, Father, I'm not worthy. Hush. Hush, son. And the father welcomed him fully back into the family, gave him all that he had before and then some, and threw a party. And as he throws the party, they call all the friends and the neighbors up. I mean, it is a party like you have never seen. And they kill the fatted calf. Because the father says, my son that was lost was found again. My son that was dead is alive again. Repentance is that place we come to where we see ourselves for who we are. We see our emptiness and we swallow our pride. And we recognize that there is no merit on our own. There's no justification for what we've done. And there is no way we can make it right ourselves. 
we think we've got to clean ourselves up before we enter through the door of faith. But we can't. And then something happens. The reality that the door is open and the Father is waiting. And Jesus, the teller of the story, is telling us that God is like the Father who welcomed the Son back. And Jesus is the true elder brother that actually left the Father's house and came into the world searching and seeking for you and me. He doesn't even wait for us to come home, but he's drawing us and he's inviting us and he's wooing us and he wants us. And Jesus, Jesus is the fatted calf who was sacrificed so that you and I can feast on the great celebration of grace. Some people stay away from the door even when in your heart of hearts you're convicted of your sin. Because you're not willing to swallow your pride. Or you've come to hate yourself so much that you can't believe that God can clean you up. But he can. And he will. And he does. There are some people that will stay away from the door of faith because there's somebody in your life that doesn't want you to go through the door. I mean, Jesus said there's some religious leaders in his day that would not go through the door. They didn't want to enter the kingdom of God and they would block the entrance of others who would come. Sometimes you just got to say, excuse me, I am coming in. Because faith is the door. It's not trusting in our own righteousness, our own goodness, but in the mercies of God. It's believing that we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter who we are. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. And when we step through the door, trusting alone in, in, in God's goodness and mercy and forgiveness, it's like God's got this giant sprinkler system. I mean, God's got this sprinkler system that cleans us up. I mean, there's a cleansing inside of us that we didn't know could happen. We feel clean. We are released 
We are free. There's a word for it in the Bible. It's called regeneration. It's not important that you know that word. But it's important that it's happened to you. It's happened. It, it happens to you. It cannot not happen to you when you walk through the door of faith. You're clean. You're clean inside. And you're not alone. And there's people that greet you and welcome you and want you into the kingdom, into the house. And you come into the house of God. And it is family. It is awesome. It is incredible. It is rich. It is abundant. It is free. It is life. Like we've never experienced life before. It is the house of God. It is the house of new life. It is the house where God lives and where God is waiting for us. Now, in the house of God, it's not that you and I won't still mess up. It's, won't, it's not that we won't, at times, break the rules. But remember, we don't get to make the rules. And when we live into the rules of God, love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. When you live into the heart of God, his law, his rules begin to be written in your heart. You want to love God. You want to love others. And when you mess up, you confess. You seek to make things right. Because the wonderful thing about God is just because we break the rules, he doesn't kick us out of the house. Now, it's true. Some people can come into the house of God and they enjoy the grace and the forgiveness. And, but after a while, they may leave the house again. And when that happens, it breaks your heart. It breaks God's heart. But God will let us leave. Because love is never forced. And if you have left the house, you can still come back inside. Through the same way. Through the door of faith. The only way to come into God's house is through the door of faith in Jesus Christ. This is the way. This is the truth. This is the life. No one comes into the Father's house by some other door or some other way. It's not through religious rules. It's not through your own good works. It's not through earning. It's not through to pretending to be someone you're not. Anyone that convinces you otherwise is a thief and a robber because they're trying to take away the life that really is life. But you could all come. We could all come to the door of faith. Now I want to be up front with you about something else. 
that initial cleansing, that regeneration, that cleansing that you feel and you know and you experience when you come to faith in Christ. It's not like that's the only time you need to be cleaned up. I mean, you need to take a shower every day, right? You still need to take some baths. We still need to bathe in God's love. We still need cleansing, ongoing cleansing. We discover as we get closer to God, there's some things about us that we didn't know. The Father knew it all along, but he's gracious enough not to show us all the bad stuff about ourselves. But there's times when you get closer to God, oh my gosh, you see how in the world could he have ever forgiven me and loved me? And yet he loves you just the same. And so there's an ongoing process of getting cleaned up and really becoming the person that loves God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and really loves others and truly loves ourselves. Now, the, there's a word for it in the Bible. It's called sanctification. It's not important that you remember that word, but it's important that it's happening to you. That there's an inward cleansing of your heart and your spirit Christ did not come just to die for your sin, but to cleanse you of it so that you might gain the power and the victory over canceled sin. And this is possible for everyone. We're going to talk more about that next Sunday. You're not going to want to miss it. And for now, friends, we're going to feast on God's grace. We're, we're going to feast in the Father's house. and We're going to celebrate this great sacrifice. There's a place where mercy See you.